Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Welcome. This is Lucy Hendricks, and today I'm going to be the host of the Lifestyle Chase podcast because I will be interviewing the real host, Chris. Chris, welcome to the Lifestyle Chase podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'll just give the audience some backstory. So you were first on the show, episode 104, and that was about a year ago. And then I had you back on the show on episode 135. And here you are being the guest host. We have no idea. I have no idea what you're going to ask me. We had a few technical difficulties going into this, but uh, we have prevailed and we're going to uh, rock and roll. So I will let you take over. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I think my favorite part about this is that you really don't know what I'm going to ask you or why I asked you to do this. I think that you think it's about mindful movement that you've been taking my service, you're getting all these results with your body and results with your clients, but that's actually not what we're talking about at all. (laughs) Um, So the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this is because I really admire you and I tend to admire people that are the opposite of me. And the way you show up to the world from my perspective is you show up as this person who is very open-minded. And that just comes through with your interactions that I've had with you, how you show up on social media, how you show up within your content. Uh, That's all I have because I've never met you in person. (laughs) And I feel like I know you. And when someone has something that I struggle with as a recovering, close-minded person, I tend to really admire that about them. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this was because... I see a problem in the industry right now, especially with social media, that almost explains why I was such a closed-minded person. Because this behavior of not wanting to hear other people's perspectives, being really dogmatic dogmatic with training, like it should be a certain way, you should eat a certain way, came from what I'm seeing now on social media, which is who I was influenced by when I was younger. So once upon a time, when I was a 19-year-old coach, like just getting in the industry, that's what I was brought into. I was brought into a dogmatic perspective. I was brought into believing, like here I was 19, like with daddy issues, like trying to be mentored by someone, like someone just teach me something. And I was taught this way of training and it was the right way of training. Bash CrossFit all we want, bash P90X, bash yoga, all these other people are stupid. This is a way of training. And as a 19-year-old, like if that's what I was being told, like that's the behavior I started putting off. And same thing with nutrition. Like paleo is the way, gluten-free, all these doctors are stupid, these people are stupid. Like this is the way. And fast forward 10 years later, 
up to last year, I had built this like echo chamber. Uh, this is how we do things. This is how we train. Everybody else is stupid. I don't want to hear someone else's perspective. And that followed me like in politics, followed me in my relationships. And with really hard lessons last year, I realized like I was totally wrong. Like we totally have to come from a place of understanding, even if you don't agree with the person. And we have to listen to a bunch of other people. And the reason I wanted to talk to you was because I do a lot of podcasts and I get to know a lot of podcast hosts. You, Johnny, Beverly, I mean, even Zach. And there's something about you all that's very similar and that something is being open-minded. And I'm curious, like, were you all always that way? And I'm sure it's different with other people. Or are you that way because you put yourself in front of so many different perspectives? Like, how many people do you interview every week where you get to see, hear a different perspective? So there's a lot of, like, perspective that I've, I've gained from the, the different industries that I've been and, like, the different work that I've done. Um, to, to kind of shed light on like how many people I've interviewed, like the lifestyle chase has been around since about September, 2018. And I think I've had probably around 150 different people on the show and they've been people inside the fitness industry, outside of the fitness industry. I've tried to uh, seek out diversity in the show and I've tried to, uh, seek out people that, uh, see things differently or have different skills than what I have because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bulletproof people, like make people more resilient in life and give them the skills that they need when uh, when a pandemic happens, when people experience loss, when people are struggling to find love, when people are struggling with their business, um, all these things that nobody really talks about, that's what I try and seek out. And to open up a window as to like what kind of like different work I've done in the past, um, I spent four summers working as a camp counselor, working with uh, kids that may not have always had the opportunity to do such things. Like it was, I uh, grew up in the United Church of Canada community. And so oftentimes there'd be fundraising initiatives to allow kids to participate in this stuff. So you'd be seeing pivotal moments in kids' lives where they actually got an opportunity to, uh, to do things that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten to do where you were the one instilling confidence in kids at a young age. Um, I've also worked in retail and management and had to fire people. I've been the person hiring them. I've been the one making the tough decisions. I've been the one saying no to people wanting the discount or wanting the warranty. I've worked in food service uh, at a grocery store. I've worked in uh, marketing, like front of the grocery store marketing, front of Canadian Tire marketing, like guerrilla marketing and I've done that um, just as a part-time thing throughout the, the different uh, phases of my career and I spent just under five years working in a warehouse where you're working in industrial scenarios working with people of all kinds of different uh, backgrounds and personalities and then from there it was into the fitness industry and so I've just learned the more open you are to learning from people the more um, the more you're going to get ahead in life, like the more you surround yourself with people who have different thought processes, um, the more open you are to feedback, the, the better you are going to survive. If you don't take feedback, you're just going to die off. Like you, you're not going to do well because 
so at some point something's got to give and so uh whether that be through environment or different experiences or being the the kid of two teachers like both my parents are retired teachers um so that's definitely played into my personality um my sister-in-law is a teacher i have lots of close friends who are teachers and so it's just it's always been like uh I kind of build myself around my role models and I build myself around my life experiences and it's basically anything you can think of I've probably had to do as far as generating income and uh, learning new new lessons and it's just been like that's been my superpower almost is being able to see opportunities to learn where other people might just close the door completely. So that was a bit of a rant or ramble but hopefully that helped. <laughs> No, that was perfect then. And so much of what you are and how you show up makes sense. Because what I hear is that you've already been put in all these different situations, diverse situations, and you built the skills that show up right now. And I like that you brought up like just on the training, you interview people and you interview all professionals from like a professional side of things. But then you said how that melts or blends into how you interact with your clients. And all these different situations got you the skills that you now have, which are the skills that I see people completely lack. And one thing that I hate that I brought up in the beginning is that what I'm seeing in social media is the influence. We have these young trainers who won't have the opportunity to be put in all these different situations. Like myself, this was my first real job. I didn't have, I worked at Kids Place, which is like a like a Chuck E. Cheese. That was my only job before this. And this was my first experience as a young adult. And the first thing that I was introduced to was dogma. And that's what we're seeing. And I feel like us people who are in a position of influence really need to level up because there's people who are looking at us being influenced by us. And the more dogmatic we are, the less they are going to be able to grow and critically think. It's like this never ending like relationship between a mentee and a mentor. If the mentor's calling people dumb, if you coach something a certain way, or if you tell someone to talk too much, you're now a dumb person. Now that mentee is gonna look at that and mirror that behavior and tell his boss, well, you're dumb for coaching that that way. And now that person gets fired <laughs> and it's, what I'm seeing is the influence that these younger generation who are getting in the industry have are just not good. <laughs> They're not learning how to critically think. They're getting really dogmatic and they almost are building this like righteous way of being. And I would love for everybody to be influenced by someone like you. So you brought up, you've interviewed at like 150 people, right? Do you have to agree with everything that everybody says? No, like you, you can take lessons from every experience that you have, like every word that a person imparts in, in real life context, in a interview, in something that's recorded and something that's off air, like there, there's a lesson to be taken from it. Um, sometimes it's, it's an opportunity to take some critical thinking into our own thought processes. Like half the time when something pisses me off or it goes against like my bias or my echo chamber, I have to like get a bit like analytical and think, okay, like what is it that makes me so passionate about my beliefs? Like why am I so triggered by this, this thing that's different but probably gets to the same outcome? 
and it might make me um, take a deeper dive into like, is is my process really that good? Have I asked anybody if it works? Um, is it is it the most efficient? And so if we aren't surrounding ourselves by um, unique conversations, things that might go against the grain of what we see to be normal, uh, we're kind of just spinning our wheels and kind of stuck in a corner. Like, who? how are we going to sharpen our pencil if everything is the same as, as what we believe to be true kind of thing? Like, we, we have to step it up. And just like that uh, cliche phrase of like, nothing happens inside your comfort zone, same thing. It's like, if you're not having a conversation that makes you nervous, then you might as well not be having conversations. Yeah. So you're almost as prepared to be wrong in every situation that you go in. And you almost have that filter of, well, is this what I'm doing really true? Or is this really the right way to do it or more efficient way to do it? Can you recall the last time you've had that, that process and you realized maybe you were wrong and change your views on something? We can like keep it specific to training. Yeah. Yeah. So within training and stuff like oftentimes I will look at like maybe totally different modalities I'll look at um I'll give it an easy example like just the burpee <laughs> like I'm not a burpee person I don't I don't use burpees with my clients and so I actually kind of like took a deep dive as to like why was it that I wouldn't use them and I realized like it just kind of depends on how you frame it like a person could totally frame something that they wouldn't necessarily originally agree with into something that they could agree with. Cause like, I like pushups. Um, there's a great aspect of like, um, dynamic warm up to like the jumping motion of a burpee. Like there, there's lots of value to it. And I could just totally like package that up, put my name all over it. And it's just the fact that like, the only thing is that I hadn't done it. Um, and like, there's endless examples. Like there's so many different pieces of fitness equipment that I haven't used and so many different, uh, phrases and, and techniques and strategies. And then I just find myself, if I am more open to hearing it and like learning and discovering another trainer's process or like how somebody else teaches something or why they teach it, uh, at the end of the day, we're working with people. We're more likely to get them from point A to point B because, we have a greater understanding as to like being open to feedback, like being open to criticism, being able to um, change when needed, similar to how like the pandemic kind of forced a lot of people to close their gym and change when needed. If you don't have that skill, who are you? Like what's going to happen? And so just uh, bringing that back into the, the fitness space, like we're going to have different people that we work with. We're going to have different personalities and, different uh, ways that people show up in the world, we should expect to have to do something different than what we deem to be the absolute truth or the best way to do it. Because if we're expecting it just to be the same endlessly, um, we're, we're not really calculating for the fact that there is so much diversity in the world and there are so many different ways that people can show up in their life. Yeah, I love that. And how do you think that shows up on the training floor do you think your clients who you had for maybe a little while notice that you're always improving or changing or willing to be wrong uh there's one thing i was talking to about with a, a trainer colleague of mine at the gym that i'm at and we were talking about like 
um, just how we go through a training session. And something that I started doing earlier in my career was like, I would ask them for, for feedback. Like some of my, my toughest clients who it's like, we're just trying to figure out the most uh, ideal workout situation for them. And I'm, I'm struggling with it. I'll ask them if there's anything in this workout that you could completely like ax out, like remove, um, what would it be? just be honest and they'll pick something and it's usually like my teddy bear like it's usually my favorite exercise to program <laughs> and then I have to be like okay all right and then I have to um, ask them better questions as to like what what exercises did they feel were the most rewarding and then I, I can kind of frame if, if they like bilateral exercises or uh, unilateral exercises I can really decide whether I should be working with uh, weight or just with tempo and then that can influence my programming and it's just being willing to ask those initial questions like hey I think I'm, I'm pretty good at planning workouts but now that I give you the opportunity to tell me which part you would remove completely um, what part would that be because that gives people the opportunity to have control over their workout experience. It can be extremely ego crushing for a trainer because we spend so much time learning these different techniques. Like it could be something that like Dr. Pat Davidson taught, or it could be something that a person learned from Kyle Dobbs. And it could be just like our favorite exercise and it's supposed to save the world. But maybe our, our client just didn't have the buy-in to that. And maybe we need to explore other things. Maybe we need to find a def different technique to give them that reason to come back to exercise and make it sustainable and like holistically beneficial for them. And like, it's, it's tough to have those conversations because it makes you nervous. It makes you kind of think that uh, you're going to look bad in front of your client. But when clients get used to realizing that uh, you're going to take their feedback seriously and you will like, you will make the adjustments necessary to make them feel heard. Um, it's incredibly, uh, moving. Like it, it reminds me of my experience. I actually worked for Lululemon in their customer service department for three months. And a big part of that role was valuing, um, valuing feedback, like, uh, taking feedback literally, like not just being, Oh yeah, your feedback's nice, but actually like taking uh, design feedback and forwarding that to the design team. So if there was like a high volume of feedback that people wanted different sizes, different sizes would be rolling out. And so those are the kind of the lessons that I've learned from my diverse employment history that I've translated into my training business, knowing that uh, if somebody wants to use a, a certain technique for their remote training, or if somebody prefers messaging over video calls, like I rolled out my remote training and initially it was, we were going to do weekly check-ins on video calls. Most people were just happy to have like constant access to me over messaging. And in the cases where people benefited from videos, I would just send them a video memo. And so I was kind of adapting my systems based on the feedback of my clients, not just saying, okay, like a business coach told me that this is the one and only way. I just kind of took a look at who I'm working with, what worked best for them, what they were most receptive to. And I gave them more of that. That's so important that you've created a environment where people feel safe to give you feedback because people are people pleasers. And I have seen 
different gyms who have a culture where feedback is given like a gift and they ask for feedback constantly. They're constantly sending out emails like Mark Fisher Fitness. Those That's one gym that consistently asks for feedback, not just for the, they call their clients ninjas, but also within the staff as well. They're giving each other positive and negative feedback constantly. And it's a good thing because that's how you learn how to interact with people and change your ways. But I've also seen environments where feedback is not welcomed, or at least that's not the culture that they've created. And people will go, especially clients, and I've seen it, will go decades without complaining, and they won't complain to a boss, but they'll hold this resentment, they'll always think something is wrong, they'll always like have these little complaints with the staff or people that they feel safer complaining to, but they won't go to that person on top because that's not the culture that they you've created. So what do you think you did specifically to create that kind of relationship with your clients where they feel safe to say, I hate that exercise. Like, let's never do that one again. Even though you told me it was important. I think honestly, it's just been, uh, just wanting to have like a role in the industry. So like going back in time, like I had a weird unorthodox start to my career. I basically, was trying to get into a role in like a box gym. I was applying for different private studios, private facilities, and it just work wasn't really working out. And so it was just like, you're trying to build confidence as a certified trainer to get a role. And then if you were to get a role, you're always kind of feeling like the, the pressure is on, like you could be cut at any moment. Um, my my first role was actually it started off as sort of like a, a trial internship it was like it was paid so i was able to kind of support myself with it and i was working at a bar at the same time but i i knew that if i screwed up like i didn't have to be around like i could be back to the the ground ground floor just trying to find a new role again and so i was just i guess like i got in this headspace i was like i know that if i kind of stay humble about this whole thing and just consider myself a beginner forever. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I think everybody should kind of be in that and just adopt the beginner mindset. Um, I know that you can't, you can't lose if, if you're honest about where you're at. Like, if, if you always are in a position where you're open to learning, you can't lose. Like, nobody can take you out. Like, nobody can, like, cut you down if you're not running around saying that, like, you're the smartest person in the room. If you're the most open to learning in the room, then you're in a good position. And I realized early that I was surrounded by people who had different skills than I did. And I was like, well, this actually isn't a bad thing at all because I have different skills than they do. Um, one of the best things that I could say for somebody to do is learn those skills. And if you're unclear about them, talk to the people that are in your inner circle and get them to tell you what those skills are get them to kind of shed light on your, your qualities, um, things about your personality that make you stand out. And a lot of people would tell me that it's like my, my communication skills were a strength. And like early on, I wouldn't believe it. I would be like, yeah, okay, we all know how to talk. But like, then I learned that it's, it just kind of like uh, set me apart. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to really lean on that. Um, and then how do we communicate? we ask better questions. We don't just talk at the person. We figure out what is it that really brings them in the gym. Like most of my clients, they they relate to me in the ways that like, 
you're not in the gym just for like a physique goal or to hit like a lifting PR to look a certain way or to achieve something that can be written out in one sentence or less. Like there is like a much deeper meaning. There is a much more like holistic reason. There is just the simple art of just wanting to survive in both mental and physical capacity. And in order to like crack the egg and get through to that and get those like connecting pieces that is going to make that person loyal to you. Um, you have to get really good at like asking the right questions, but also knowing when to just absolutely shut up and wait for them to say what needs to be said. Like there's been so many times where I've just uh, been there and uh, created space at the right time and realized something that was going on in their life. And then also based on past experiences, learned how to, um, to create more opportunity for them in their life. Like maybe it's, being quiet enough to realize that uh, they weren't getting enough sleep or maybe they were struggling with an addiction that they had not brought up before and that they did not expect to bring up to their trainer. There are so many scenarios that are only going to happen if you have the strength of communication and uh, taking feedback and being able to um, have a conversation that feels mutual and not just one-sided. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to get, get them to open up. It's, it really is cool how close a trainer can get with people. Uh, I think it's a huge privilege to be in our situation. We get to keep them for a long time and you get pretty deep. So getting them, asking the right questions, making sure you're listening present enough that you're actually listening. But I want to circle back to what you said in the beginning, when you started talking about you're always in the beginner's mindset because anyone listening right now, if you're in a position of influence, and this is what I talked about in the beginning, we want younger people or younger people going into this industry to have a beginner's mindset. But if we, the people who are of influence, are dogmatic and say things like, well, if you do this, you're dumb. If you do this, you're stupid. If you're still ex doing clamshells or using a band around your knees, like you don't know shit. Um, how is that going to help people be in a beginner mindset? Like it won't, like it's not creating that environment. Uh, what were you going to say, Chris? Well, I was just, I was thinking about that cause I see it often and I've even like tried to be like a, a supportive older brother almost. Cause like there's lots of people that have like lots of like on the floor experience, but they just don't have that life experience. Like I bring a lot of like life experience to the industry not more than anybody else, but just more than maybe some people. And in that, I've I've learned kind of what happens if you don't just kind of sit back and listen and sort of watch and kind of see what happens. Like if, if you're quick to bark and say, this doesn't work, like this is no good. If you do this, like you're failing, like that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, the outcome of that is nothing. It's zero. But the outcome of seeing it, wondering what is the process for that? How could that be positively impacting that person's life, even if it's not positively impacting my life? Or even just, let's say there's something that we see in our day that we just don't agree with. Well, is it going to be helpful to yell, I don't agree with that? Or is it going to be helpful to think about the things that we do agree with and just work on that? Just um, present our case in a more clear and concise manner. And maybe it could be as much as like 
people wonder how to get good at creating videos or people wonder how to get good at creating podcasts or presenting or public speaking. It is simply the art of doing it, putting yourself out there, being willing to be wrong and being willing to have your day one look like a beginner as it should. Your day 500 should look like a beginner. It might be a refined beginner, but it's still a beginner. Like if we were all experts, uh, like there would be no point of practicing. There would be no point of like repeating the process. If, if there was somebody that could be as strong as they possibly could be, there'd be no competition because we would just know the outcome. We would know that nobody else would ever beat that person because they're just as strong as possibly could be. And there'd be no point of buying new books because we would have that one book that was the ultimate book of all books. Like I'm just like rambling away here, but it's just uh, everybody that I surround myself that I learn from kind of has the same mentality in that they don't think that their approach is the absolute one way, one size fits all. They know how much work they put into it. They know how much feedback they've had to receive. They know that they will probably update and revise it in years to come. And that's the way it goes. And if, if somebody was to say it was the wrong way, they would be open to hearing their, their feedback as to what the alternative method would be. Yeah. And if you, because we're running out of time here soon. So if you had everybody in the industry who is of influence, has a platform, have mentoring uh, things going on, they have seminars all in a room and you got to tell them it's a piece of advice of how to be so they can be of influence, a good influence for the people coming into the industry. What, what would that be? I would say learn the why of as many people as you can. And it's not like some surface level thing where it's like, oh, well, th this person, um, they wanted to uh, help people and they wanted to help people lead more fulfilling lives. Like they're, when you learn about people, when you are having this many conversations with people and having like people share like tough, tough moments with you, um, you learn so many things that open up your eye and open up your eyes and give you reasons to look for more answers. Like it's just, to understand what is going on outside of like the external and to understand more about people and what makes people different, like to dive deeper into that, to uh, basically me being a male, for me to learn about like females and how their training experience is different, that's valuable. Like that's an opportunity. That's something that can not only refine my female client's experience, but also my own experience because there's so much like so many pieces of advice that come from a female that I can impart not only on my clients but on my own approach my own way that I organize my own way that I think my own way that I speak and communicate um, and if you aren't open to asking a person's why and understanding it and really investing yourself in it. I think that's the key thing. Invest yourself in other people, like more than just like pumping their tires, but actually understanding like what, what turns the, the gears in their head, 
um, what do they struggle with and how did they overcome it? Not just how did I overcome my things, how did my friend overcome their things, but how did this other person that I know nothing about overcome? Am I back? You're back. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> uh, awesome answer. And would you say that's probably the same answer you would give to all the young people coming into the industry? Yeah, young people coming into the industry, honestly, get ready to try your best every time. Like, nobody's ever going to feel like the expert. And I mean, that's almost repeating things, but it's just... A lot of people hesitate to start something because they feel like they're not ready. And I will say this right now, if I hesitated to start in the industry because I felt like I wasn't ready, I wouldn't be in the industry. Like, I was like half employed for a good couple months where I was scrambling for side hustles and jobs and doing whatever I could just to survive. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here as a trainer with a podcast. If I, if I didn't start my first episode in the basement of my buddy's house with a microphone sitting between us, we wouldn't be sitting here having this episode today. And I wouldn't have met half the people that I've met. And so just be, be willing to start, um, be willing to put in that first mm -hmm. effort, and then maximize your effort as much as you can. So essentially, that would be, that would be the advice right there. A little bit... A little scattered, but hopefully people had some takeaways from it. Yeah, people don't realize like what it takes to, or, or they think things were easy and they don't have everything that they need to start. Like us opening this gym, when I was posting videos of it last year, almost every day I would get five questions of like, how long is the floor? Where did you get this? Where did you get this? And this was all put together just by luck. And we would have ruined so many things if it weren't for our clients. Like we were about to put the turf in without a way to cut it or measure it. <laughs> we were going to ruin it. And then a client just happened to walk in and looked at us and was like, let me get my tools from my truck. Like, don't move. <laughs> and even the, the racks on the wall, everybody's always impressed with our setup. What they don't know is how we messed it up twice and just had to spend so much more money than we were supposed to. And just everything is just yeah, a, a guess. And it just ended up turning out that we didn't actually know what we were doing. So people think that they have to know everything to do something, but you really don't. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for today. This was fun. It was a pleasure to be interviewed by you. I, I had no <laughs> clue what you're going to ask me. I had some suspicions, but I was ready and I was prepared. And it's kind of like you say, it's like, when an opportunity presents itself, you might not know what's going to happen. But if you are like ready to, to just try, just try your best and put your best foot forward and listen and respond, then you're good to go. And uh, so hopefully people listen to this one and are inspired to check out the past episodes where you've been on the show and check out your social media and check out your website. Uh, before we close off, is there any parting words of wisdom you'd like to share with the audience today? Hmm. Don't be old Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> be a better influence for, for or, or know that you're creating what happened to me, which was someone who was dogmatic, closed-minded, and understand that people are looking up to you and they're going to start mirroring your behavior. So kind of watch it. 
I love that. So thanks for hosting me and we will close off our episode for the day. Awesome. Well, thank you.